If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, welcome to the latest episode of the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like, just not sports. On today's show, with MLS season underway, we will talk to NYCFC defender Ethan White about his passion and talent for photography and the art of taking photos of strangers on the street without them beating the snot out of you. But first, America, you knew this was coming. An emergency conversation between myself and Adam Willard about what can only be described as one of the greatest contributions to modern popular culture, Kobe Bryant's Canvas City colon Muse Cage. With me on the phone, from his office, we are we are literally like blocks away from each other in Chicago, but we're so excited we had to dial each other up. Our amazing sports PR guy. Wait, is that, is that fine? Is that a good enough title for you, Adam? Amazing sports PR guy. I'll take that. <laughs> sure. Adam Willard. Adam, first of all, name one of your dark musings. Um, I feel like I use my dark musings for this podcast all the time, so <laughs> I can relate exactly what Kobe is saying. Uh, we had an interesting back and forth last night. So I was on the way home from work. I was listening to, we're, we're going to break format on this guys. It's just me and Adam right now. Um, we've got some other episodes coming up very shortly. We've canned a lot of interviews. Uh, Joe Reed, as you may have seen on, on social media is, uh, is moving to Seattle. So we're a bit scattered on the, uh, on the editing, uh, department. Gareth is, uh, all over the country for final four, uh, with CBS. So it's just Adam and I today. Last night, I'm coming home, I'm listening to the Bill Simmons podcast with Chuck Klosterman, and they start talking about this Kobe Bryant thing, and I get on my phone, and Adam, it was like Neo coming out of the Matrix. It was like I entered a whole new reality, <laughs> and I like where I'm at. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you like where you're at. <laughs> I mean, look, there's a few dark musings circling around in my, in my muse cage, <laughs> but overall... Mm-hmm. I'm pretty maybe we should maybe we should set up exactly what you're talking okay. about. So, as the authority in all things athletes do away from sports, it's our duty to talk about this this Kobe Bryant project. So uh, he, I Adam, I tried to piece this together because there's a couple layers to this. Number one, Kobe's retired now. I don't know if you guys noticed. He started Kobe Inc. and Kobe Inc. is going to be this wide ranging business proposition. Um, that, that, you know, he's done, he's invested in everything from sports drinks to, to just random other kind of, um, uh, you know, properties, but he's signed some sort of deal with ESPN to produce content for their NBA countdown show. That's the best I can tell this series is called canvas city. And it's, it, it seems like he's going to make six videos that are stylistically going to be different than anything you, you probably expected. We're going to get into that in a minute. Um, and, and he started in Christ, in, around the Christmas day games doing a, almost like an, a throwback video, uh, in, in like an eighties style to, uh, uh, you know, to, 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 to preview the, the Christmas day games. And then this week on Sunday, 
I mean, everyone's watching NCAA. We're kind of like tuning out of the weekend, getting ready, uh, getting ready for Monday. And then, boom, Kobe comes on Countdown with the new episode of Canvas City, and it's called Canvas City colon Muse Cage. First of all, Adam, Muse Cage, two words, one word. Um, I think it's one, it is one word. When I Googled it, um, it took me to Amazon and several mouse cages. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the word is muse cage, one word, which sounds like a weird S&M thing. But as it turns out, it's a piece of content. Also sounds like a 90s band that opened up for garbage and, uh, and sponge. Candlebox and muse cage. <laughs> at, <laughs> this week at the Illinois State Fair, it's Candlebox. Also, Muse Cage, get your tickets. Uh, credit cards not accepted. Okay, so Kobe comes on air, and he's doing a little piece about about the inner inner workings of athletics. And and Adam, as far as I can tell, these 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 segments that he's doing. Uh, oh, by the way, by the way, if, if this sounds like we're all over the map on this, you know, let. Yeah, it's because this. This is ESPN's description of, of this. Kobe's vision, quote, involved a puppet and an elaborate cardboard city that spanned a conference room, as well as a stop-motion train animation inspired in part by a 1920s German director featuring a song inspired by a 1972 Bruce Lee movie, followed by an NBA montage narrated by Paige O'Hara, the voice of Belle from Beauty and the Beast, end quote. That's their description of what's going on. That's ESPN. They're the pros. How the hell are me and Adam supposed to talk about what we just saw? Well, I, I guess, so I have another question. Who is this for? Is this supposed to be family-friendly? Uh, so we're introduced to a character named Little Mama. Yeah, I was going to say, we've gone six minutes without describing this. There's a puppet. There's a fucking puppet in this. It's, it's, a, it's yeah, a puppet Yeah, so there's a, a puppet, which is truly a sock puppet, which I guess... Seems lazy in a way, but also if it's a snake, sock puppet works just fine. So Little Mamba, uh, basically Kobe is Little Mamba's mentor, and he's teaching him lessons. The first lesson, which is um, using your muse cage, and there's light muse cages, and there's dark muse cages. Wait, I have to to correct the record here. There's only one muse cage. There's light. There's only one muse cage. All those musings, things are within light uh, musings and dark musings, which populate Thank the you. muse cage, both both physically on the walls and metaphorically in the mind of the athlete inside the muse cage. Right, and so I got the impression at first that it was a kind of yin and yang thing. Like you need the balance, you need the light, and you need the dark. But then it got real dark, and I don't mean <laughs> just Kobe. <laughs> It got, uh, Adam, it got real dark. Real dark. <laughs> there is a then there's a, there's a frightening animation about um, essentially how to channel your dark musings uh, into <laughs> NBA championships. Apparently, as the train goes up uh, O'Brien Trophy Hill, I believe it was. Um, I, I I don't do drugs, but uh, watching this. This morning, I felt like I was on drugs watching this. Um, we're gonna try. Uh, Joe's out, so I'm gonna try to edit this. Wait, in. hold on. Confession: NyQuil PM occasionally, <laughs> and I'll watch Netflix. Look, 
from time to time, you need to robo-trip, okay? Like, I won't judge. Uh, right now, I'm going to try to edit in a little bit of this to give you a taste of, of Kobe and, and, and little Kobe the puppet. Um, talking to younger athletes about the ways to find motivation. Welcome to Muse Academy. I'm Kobe Bryant. And I'm Little Mamba. And we are here to tell you all about the word Muse Cage. Muse Cage. <laughs> um, what's a Muse Cage? A Muse Cage is a room decorated with any and everything that inspires you. When you're in your Muse Cage, you are surrounded by musings that keep you focused and motivated. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, can a muse cage muse me to be a beast for my basketball game today? Of course. Every muse cage is powered by two forces. Light musings. You're nice. Oh, thank you. You're great. Oh, so nice of you. <laughs> and dark musings. Worthless. <laughs> You're a failure. Make it stop. Yeah, light musings make you feel good and happy. Yeah. Dark musings make you feel bad and angry. Okay, so Adam, th this is not messing around. This is Kobe talking to young people in really candid terms about, I mean, if you're looking for your inner beast, it's most likely found in a dark musing. It's about using the negativity to, to, to unleash, unleash your inner beast. And I'm, I'm just letting you know, like I have a, a daughter who's almost four. She watches a lot of programming with, with people and puppets. I'm not sure I want her to unleash her inner beast yet. Uh, yeah. I, uh, so Kobe. Uh, so for background, if if for those who haven't seen the the very well done documentary called Muse, right, with Kobe Bryant, um, he talked about going through these tough times and creating um, the Black Mamba as his alter ego, which essentially is channeling those dark musings and turning those into success on the basketball court. That's a very mature idea, and you have to be emotionally mature to be able to turn that off. Yeah, I'm not sure that you want uh, little Charlie angry all the time and putting that in energy into her coloring book. Um, just sounds potentially dangerous. There's a part in the piece where it starts to say, like, whenever they talk about dark musings, you have these whispers that are like, you're worthless. You're a failure. And it's like, you know what? All respect to all the all the Lakers who got run out of L.A., you know, from Glenn Rice to, you know, to, to whoever who got run out of L.A., Dwight Howard. Hey, man, I get it now. If Kobe and puppets are whispering in your face like all your all your career that you're worthless uh, to inspire you, I mean, this is some intense shit, man. Yeah, every coach I've ever had told me that I was athletically worthless, and it didn't make me a better athlete. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure this, this is the way to go. Adam, I, I want to get. We're gonna come back to the scariness of it and the traumatization. Because uh, I've got some thoughts on this, I want to start, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about about Little Mamba, aka the Poochie of sports, in a second. But <laughs> let's let's start with the most shocking thing. Okay, first of all, and again, Bill Simmons said this too on his podcast. We are super excited that this is is out there. Oh yeah, you know, on Just Not Sports, we want athletes to be weird and wild and creative, and and it takes a lot for someone like Kobe to 
go out there and put his his very well cultivated and crafted reputation on the line doing something this outrageous. So we love it, but we ha- we, we we are not going to, you know, this is like we're looking into the the void, and we're gonna dive in. Uh, and I want there's a lot I want to break down. The the thing that's the most perplexing to me, Adam. If you had said to me that Kobe Bryant in his retirement was going to be interested in doing videos about other NBA players and breaking down their games, I would say there's a less of a chance of that than if you had said Kobe's going to do something on Countdown with a puppet. Oh, you mean that he would talk about another uh, another player's game other than his own? Like, I ne- like if you had said to me Kobe Bryant is going to go through one of two doors. Door one is the Michael Jordan door, where the rest of his career he's just basically going to be talking about his own legend. He's going to become bitter and resentful of the of the next wave of players that he considers to be lesser than him. Or door two is he's going to become a Mad Rashad and break down basketball for kids. I would have not chosen door two. I would have said Kobe was the least likely to to give a, a well-reasoned breakdown of what's going on with James Harden and Russell Westbrook's game. And I'm most fascinated by, is this what he wants to do? But Does he want to be the voice of, of uh, basketball for the upcoming generation? Because if so, I'm... Great, and I'm fascinated by that. So, so just so again, this is hard for people to follow unless they've seen it. So, we're talking about the portion where we transition to the uh, what seems like a demented Grinch, with the Grinch being demented in the first place. Talking about dark musings um, to a segment that explains, again, according to the press release put out by ESPN, essentially explains. Uh, the complexities of basketball in a lighthearted way. Uh, I will say, to, to answer First that First of qu- all, Adam, a- anything was lighthearted after the nightmare escape that was that train ride through hell. <laughs> yeah, But we'll yeah. get back to that in a second. For all the traumatized children out there, next, uh, next content piece will be your first therapy session. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so the basketball, it's breaking down how James Harden uh, and um, how James Harden and Russell Westbrook use screens to get off their shot and the pick and roll, but it's not Kobe doing the narration. So is this is this Kobe truly breaking down other players' games, or is it his creative team saying, "Hey, we got to find a, uh, a a way to sneak basketball into this"? Well. First of all, we know we know people who work with Kobe. All right, we know we know we've worked with people who are are part of his circle. I'm not sure that anyone is really advising him on this. I, in fact, I get the feeling maybe Kobe's bringing a lot of ideas to the table. There's a lot of head nodding. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> not a, not a ton of well. Tell me about the the hellscape again. <laughs> Maybe reconsider this. Kobe, I mean, could this you draw is... this on a napkin? Uh, I don't I'm right. not following. I, I I mean it's it's pure. It's like flowing from his soul. And I gotta say this: of all the the problematic elements of like trying to to say to children you're worthless, therefore unleash your inner beast. I wonder if we're as a nation. Like if we need this, if if we need someone to be like, 
I'm not going to be Mr. Participation Ribbon to kids. <laughs> I'm going to tell them that they're awful and tell them to unleash the beast. Is it time, Adam, for us to toughen up, to sack up as a country? Absolutely, uh, Brad. I think it's time because we're not angry enough as a country. Uh, <laughs> if you watch Facebook or any social media, I think what we're really missing is um, is anger and speaking out against each other. So I think Kobe is introducing something that kids should learn at an easy age, which is um, there are definitely different classes of people. Um, and if you channel the right amount of anger and bully people in the right way, you too can one day be president. Adam, Adam, um, first of all, speaking of channeling anger, what do you think with Kobe with his villain beard? Uh, uh, yeah, and the all-black outfit. Um, yeah, if you add a cowboy hat, he looks like a, he looks like a very scary Western character, and not just because he's the only black guy in town. I'm I'm pro beard. I like you Kobe like with pro, the beard. I like think he looks beard? great. Um, I I can I can go with it. If we're embracing that bad guy persona, it works for him. Okay, we're we're branding experts, experts in air quotes. He is really embracing the villain. Don't you think that this is part of his kind of rebranding as Kobe's going to say, hey, look, LeBron, Cameron Durant, Steph Curry, let these guys be the good guys. I'm going to be the historic heel of the NBA. Does it feel a little bit like that? Well, so I think that's what's confusing to me because when, when the video opens, uh, the dialogue that Kobe is having um, with Little Mamba is if, with a sock puppet. Let's just the, keep. Re, with, we need with, to keep refreshing this for the listeners. Kobe Bryant is talking to a sock puppet. Yeah, <laughs> and at some point they they channel a crystal ball or a diamond um, that 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 transports them to another world. Um, I, I don't know because he seems very happy and lighthearted, as if he is one of the um, neighbors on Sesame Street talking to one of the puppets, teaching them an important lesson. And then at some point he gives the sock puppet LSD and they are transported to another world. So it seems like Kobe's playing both sides. I don't know that he's embracing the villain. In this particular piece of content, he certainly is suggesting something pretty awful. But I'm curious to see where this series goes from here. Yeah, I mean, they he talked in this interview we did with ESPN about doing world building. Like He says that he, he wants to build this world where there's a movie theater called the Imaginarium. Inside the Imaginarium is where you would have all these magical basketball breakdowns that take place for kids to come in and watch and observe and learn from. Adam, that sounds horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so, like, NBA inside stuff, but not as fun? Yeah, and look, he's like, it's been thought out to enable us to pivot to do short-form content. Okay. Really long content. Okay. Novels. What? <laughs> Films? It there's run The runway is there. He says... Are we gonna get a novel about the muse cage? I, uh, I feel it's more like a children's book with horrifying pictures. You know what? In like ten years, he's gonna put it out, and it's gonna be like the new James Joyce Ulysses or something, and we're gonna be like, he did it. Kobe did it. Why do we ever doubt him? Hey, you take so you take uh, you have enough at bats, and uh, you're going to hit eventually. But so, so I so my question is. 
At one point, at what point does Canvas City turn into a full theme park? <laughs> I mean, not soon enough is my answer. Because, like, let's talk about this this whole notion of the Muse game. Use your curiosity to search all over the world for musings that you can use to decorate your Muse cage. All right, so Adam, you're in your Muse cage. You're going to put light yeah. light musings and dark musings on the wall. Give us an example. Uh -huh. What what what's a light musing for you? A light musing, you mean a thought that inspires me? Yeah. Um, I will say my my father who has worked very hard in his life, um, the hardest working guy I know. And the heart of gold, that would be a light musing for me. Okay. What know. about dark musing? Is that good? Dark music. Is that a heartfelt? Uh, dark musing, corporate America. <laughs> uh, my light musing is going to be Stefan Marb. By the way, we're still looking for distribution and sponsorship. <laughs> so I don't mean that about all of you. My light, <coughs> my light musing is going to be Stefan Marbury's uh, clothing line. And my dark musing is going to be the day that Stephen Barry shut down and stopped carrying it. <laughs> Very good. Very um, good. Uh, and then and then, transitioning to your light musing, musing the Stefan Marbury musical. Kobe talks about how dark musings can be our greatest source of power. It's like the yeah. opposite of Star Wars. Yeah. Well, yes. With him as the I, emperor. Interior, yeah, using the, the light force and the dark force. He's like, he's yeah, like but Snoke. The, yeah, but then I would say... Um, the dark musing is also digging into every Rocky movie ever where there is the pivotal moment where he dug deep and found that anger inside of him uh, and was able to last, uh, was able to knock down the Russian or in the new movie Creed, uh, digging into his anger against his dad and using that to survive through a fight. So I get that there are different kinds of motivation. I just don't think that this was... <laughs> all that balance this seemed to be like you're uh you're five years old which means uh you're probably full of hate and regret by now um find a way to channel that and use it uh for success i mean okay so little mamba at one point the snake's hand or tail comes up and it's holding a hammer how ter oh i missed that. how terrifying would snakes that could carry hammers be adam um, the most terrifying. If if snakes could use tools, it'd be like that scene in Jurassic Park where the raptors start opening doors. <laughs> also, that guy, the voice of Little Mamba, that fucking Hollywood actor must have thought he caught the biggest break. He's like, I'm in this new thing with Kobe. It's gonna be huge. I'm gonna get. He's talking like films. Like I'm gonna be enormous. Or or. He climbed out of whatever heroin den he was sitting in uh, and used his dark musings to uh, really <laughs> to really uh, uh, emote and, uh, and become little mama. Mamba. All right. We talk about things that are traumatizing for kids by accident. I'm going to give you a traumatizing moment from our, our, the entertainment of our youth, Adam. And you tell me if Kobe's muge cages... <laughs> If Canvas City colon Muse Cage is more or less traumatizing. Okay, you ready? Yes. The monkeys, the flying monkeys in Wizard of Oz. 
this was less terrifying than that because <laughs> the monkeys seemed real. Oh, okay. This okay, is animated, good. so at least yeah. I know it's fantasy. All right. Uh, Mad Marge, the truck driver ghost in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> Wait, what? Isn't it Mad Marge? Is that her name? Oh, Mad Marge. I forgot about Mad Marge. Um, in that case, the dark musings are more terrifying. Large Marge. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> the, right? Yeah. Large Marge. Okay, when Stripe, the gremlin, melts in the pool at the end of Gremlins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kobe's dark musings are more terrifying than that. Okay, how about this one? The Sleestacks from Dark Crystal. <laughs> Ooh. I don't uh, know that. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. All right, finally. Willy Wonka's crazy acid tunnel poem <laughs> from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, dark musings no, by far. That Gene Wilder stuff is so much more yeah. terrifying. Dark musings, bo- like, it really bothered me, the message we're sending to kids. I don't yet have Listen, kids. How, how, do, how do you feel about this as a father? I mean, look. My kids and I had a good time until my daughter ran out screaming. Um, but my other daughter started dunking on a Nerf hoop at age four months because she unleashed the beast. So we're good. It's like a, it's like a one in, one out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boy, it's a really fine line between uh, unleashing the beast because how do you turn that <laughs> off when you're off the court? I mean, there's an old school Western song about dark musings. Uh, gonna, let's see if I can play it. This is the face of a man with a dark muse gauge. Darkness is the light in his eyes. He runs with rage. Everything you do, everything you say, he will simply use as fuel to. So here's the deal. I would ask Kobe, uh, if Kobe and I had the chance to talk about it, the first thing I would say would be, uh, can I have a job writing this for you? Okay, the second thing I would say would be, can, I'd be like, what age are you actually trying to reach? If it's like 12 to 15, I mean, first of all, 15-year-old's not going to care about this. Okay, so maybe, maybe like <laughs> No, just eight, guys in their mid-30s. Yeah, eight, <laughs> eight to... Uh, um, eight to like twelve, maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's. It, it, I, I get the idea that like a, a fifth grader playing hoops might want to learn how to like find an extra gear and channel channel negative emotions into positive play. But like young kids who I think would be interested in the puppet, this is way too intense for them. Which is why I love it. Because it's so jarring. But, yeah, as a, as a father, if, if Charlie sat down and was like, hey, Muse Cage is on, I'd rush to the TV like the time, you know, she, she was flipping through channels and found, like, you know, Basic Instinct on HBO or something. I mean, I just, like, just get that shit off. Like, it's, you're not ready for that. Yeah, it's one of those things you definitely want to watch first before you let your child see it. It just – and I'm not – I mean, hey, whatever works for you, but um, – as you know, because I mention it almost every other episode, I'm a big MMA fan. And those guys will talk a lot of trash to build up the fight. 
But I never get the impression that those guys are truly fighting with rage and trying to hurt each other. At the end of the day, it becomes a lot about the training you did and the skill and whatever motivates you, fine. But I think this singular thought that in order to be successful, um, you need to dig into rage and hate that you feel inside, um, that may be Kobe's approach and that would be something that worked for him. But I think that's a dangerous message to send to a, to a, a, a large audience in all seriousness. I, I don't think that uh, I think that you can use um, pain to motivate you to some extent, but that only goes so far for most people and I think is really detrimental to the psyche. I'm not a sports psychologist, um, but I can't think that is good for your overall uh, mental well-being. And I say this in all seriousness, even though we're talking about a, a damn puppet and a crystal ball. Um, it, well, it's just a, such, a, such a extreme message to send to anyone, particularly children. I mean, but speaking of sports psychology, I mean, Little Mamba does have a degree from the University of Phoenix in uh, <laughs> in in social work and counseling. So, I, I you know, I think he's qualified to make some of these assessments. I still I mean, look, the, the, totally random thought, but I still can't help. But my dad used to drink this beer from Africa called Mamba um, that tastes like horse piss. Um, but I still can't help but think every time I hear the name Mamba, I think about that beer that my dad drank, uh, and. <laughs> Usually that provided light musings for my dad, so I can't relate. I mean, okay. So Kobe must have approached ESPN with this idea. And I read an article where it was talking to some of their programming people who were like, yeah, Kobe's doing something really outside the box. And look, we, we applaud him for doing that. But you get the feeling that they kind of went along with this because it's Kobe. Yeah. I'm gonna li- I'm gonna list right now some different athletes, and you tell me if they could have also gotten this made. Oh God! Ooh, We're gonna I try like and this. find where where is the line of stardom where someone from ESPN's like maybe not the puppet thing. I like this. Okay, go. Okay, uh, LeBron. Oh, easy, of course. Yeah, hundred percent approval. Uh, Steph Curry. Um, y- yes, two but time, I think two time defending champ. Uh, two-time defending MVP, uh, top premier team in the league, Steph Curry. Yes, but as a PR guy, I could see someone in the room saying like, "Oh, we didn't, we didn't know that you had this side." I don't think this is particularly surprising coming from Kobe, uh, but it may be more disturbing. Um, it may be more disturbing presented by Steph Curry. Well, the rest of this list is probably not. Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Bradley Beal, J.J. Redick. <laughs> uh, Chris Paul might because he has some credibility in terms of his creativity or at least his acting chops in the Allstate commercials. None of the rest of those guys get it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – uh, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly would have loved to have been in the room when this was presented because I get, again, it's like, it's so outside of the traditional line of thinking for how an athlete talks about basketball that I just wonder how it was greeted by both Kobe's inner circle of business partners and the ESPN executives who were like, sure, this will go on countdown. It's 10 minutes long. Let's do it. 
Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it for 40 minutes. So <laughs> if nothing else, they want people to talk about it. I love it, it man. I, I know we, we, we've had some fun with it. Um, but gee whiz, man. I mean, it's just you, you have to applaud a guy like Kobe Bryant who has all the money and fame and influence and access in the world and was like, I want to make this like nightmare uh, cartoon and puppet video. And, and, and he did it. Like it's, it's, it's a bizarre creative statement for an athlete to make, but I would say good athletes go be interesting. I, like you said, I would much rather talk about Kobe taking a big swing and maybe missing in, in spots, but taking a big swing at a vision that no one's really seen from him, then I would him doing some Sunday conversation talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook and who's the MVP. I mean, who cares about that stuff? Yeah, and I know we've been very critical of the piece so far. We're really talking to – I think we've talked about the, – the concept in general is very bizarre, but the dark musings part is the part that, that bothers us the most. But I agree with you in the sense that he uh, decided to be creative and – um, and it takes some courage to open yourself up, open yourself up for criticism, and that's what he's done. Uh, a lot of the, I, I think we were probably a little bit snarky in the way we talked about it, but I think that we also pre- presented some fair criticisms because it is so out there. This is not what we expect from athletes, but uh, yeah, good for him. I am curious to see what else he'll come up with. This turns into a longer form series how he plans to build this universe out and i will say i will i will watch all of these um just because i want to see where it goes from adam there. it's gonna be novels oh yeah right novels and i can't sure. wait eh, I, probably gr- maybe graphic novels i'd be into that oprah's book club get ready <laughs> i mean kobe's coming and he's bringing He's bringing a lot of a lot of stuff to make you feel terrible about yourself to unleash your inner beast. <laughs> Adam, finally, did, was your be- uh, inner beast unleashed watching this? Uh, yeah, I'm unleashing it right now. <laughs> like in meetings, are you just crushing it today? You're like hell yeah. This is my first meeting of the day, but yeah, I've got a, a meeting in 20 minutes. I and I plan to yell at some people. Uh, I, I would love to do like my own spinoff project, but local authorities have banned me from talking to kids with puppets after some, <laughs> some high profile <laughs> incidents. So I'll just leave that one live for now. Anyway, Adam, um, I know, well, here, I just want to, you know, I want to include a hammer at the end of this. Uh, I doubt at this point that Kobe would come on to speak to us about this or any of his upcoming projects. Um, but little Mamba, if you are out there, Please come on and talk to us about how your dark musings have changed your life and how rehab is going. <laughs> I would say this. If you're the voice of Little Mamba, we'll let you host the host this show for a week. <laughs> you can bring yeah, on absolutely. A, a week. anyone you want. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> just Bye, Joe Reed. Have fun in Seattle. We've br- Little Mamba's moved We've in. rebranded as Little Mamba Presents Just Not Sports. <laughs> or Little Mamba <laughs> Presents Muse Cage, the podcast, colon... Uh, you're worthless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. And uh, one that with a uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Adam, right now we're going to go to my interview with Ethan White. He's a defender for NYCFC. 
Uh, I had a really great discussion with him about photography. He's a super talented photographer. You can check him out on his Instagram, on his Twitter. I think I'll give the handles later in the interview. Uh, it's a short interview, a uh, short episode this week. But so, you know, just to wrap it up now versus coming back at him, any, any, uh, any shout outs you want to throw out there besides to little Kobe? Uh, shout out to my younger brother, Clayton. He turned uh, 32 over the weekend. So, All right, Adam. I love you, buddy. Thanks for hopping on for this emergency pod. All right, man. Have a great day. Don't let the dark mu- don't let the dark musings overtake you. All right, I want to start with this. I've been spending a lot of time on um, on your social channels, looking at your work. I got to give you credit. You you have a great way of finding the hidden beauty of New York City. Uh, making everything from a UPS truck to a streetlight uh, look like it's got a life of its own. And I'm just curious how much uh, fun you seem to have um, just doing street photography and being out in a vibrant city looking for um, some great visuals to, uh, to try and capture. Um, for, for me personally, I just, I just find joy in, in capturing moments that um, – I find that are that are pretty artful. I mean, um, I think a lot of a lot of people will just ignore the, the beauty of the city and, and find it to be a little, a little very dirty and, and, and grungy. But I think there's there's beauty in that, and uh, I just try to capture it. Do you carry your camera with you pretty much everywhere you go? Yeah, I have my camera basically up with me every day. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's a bit of a hassle because I have to carry a backpack or somewhere like just in general. But uh, I try to bring it everywhere. So I've got young kids, and I've always found that no matter what I what they do, that's so great. I always miss the great moment by like fumbling for my camera um, and just letting it go by. I mean, how many times a day do you do you see something and you, and you just are like, oh, that's great? And then in New York, everything's moving so fast. Uh, uh, do, do you miss a lot of stuff you wish you could get to quicker? There are definitely times where I miss miss some shots that I would love to get. Um, obviously, and sometimes they're inappropriate to to capture certain certain times or certain certain stuff like. Whether at training or just in the street, somebody's having a personal moment. Um, although those times are great, I, I do realize that everybody deserves a privacy. And, um, and sometimes you just have your camera up to your eye to, to capture a moment. Um, or the settings are incorrect, or so, so, just all kinds of stuff. But um, do, yeah, are, are people more forgiving these days? Of you know, each, I mean, we all are so open with each other on social media. So, do you find people are more welcoming of? a stranger taking their photo or like you said, you approach everyone cautiously. <laughs> That's very interesting. You say that I actually had a, this conversation with my girlfriend the other day. Um, I feel like before people were very, um, they didn't want their picture taken by, by a random stranger. I, I really feel like the, the, the social media guy, um, humans of New York has kind of opened people's minds to, to random, random capturing their photo and sharing the story. Yep. Um, kind of open that, that, channel and lane um but i do find some people are, are still kind of uncomfortable with it i was taking a picture of somebody of uh, somebody's dog the other day and the lady kind of got pretty upset with me but um yeah i mean it still happens some some people are very very willing to, to let have their picture taken other people are very curious as to why you're taking pictures of them but um i try to not be in people's faces honestly you mentioned your girlfriend she seems to be uh your muse uh, or at least one of them. Does she get annoyed that you're you're taking photos of her, or is she cool with it? Given that you you tend to, I mean, you do a great job, so she's always looking really good in them. I, what's the personal dynamic as as you blending your passion for photography with just you guys spending time together? 
Um, she, she got, she honestly, in the beginning, she, she loved it because obviously her social media page was getting populated with my pictures. Um, but now she's kind of like, she wants to see the picture before I post it because she is, she wants, to, she wants to look good in it. <laughs> I, have a, I have a ton of pictures that, that I think are great of her, but she doesn't want them on social media because she thinks her eyebrows are weird or something, something with her hairs off. Uh, even though I disagree. Um, but yeah, she she's uh, she just really enjoys it and then there's times where she there's days where she definitely doesn't want a camera in her face. <laughs> uh I've read you say that you were hesitant at first to come forward on social media with with your photos, with um you know, to, to kind of talk more openly about this passion of yours. What was it that finally gave you the impetus or I don't know if it was confidence to to share this passion with all of your followers, uh, and did, are are you glad that you did? That we're not another like Vivian Meyer situation where someone's going to find all of your all of your shots in a trunk in fifty years. Um, I definitely have a lot of shots that I think are some of my best ones that I do not share on social media. Um, but my how how come? What's what's the mindset there? Um, one, I feel like um, it kind of takes away from. I don't want people to, to to think that I'm more focused on photography than I am soccer. Soccer is right. my number one job, my number one passion, always my first love. Um, photography was initially just a hobby to get me off the couch to stop playing people so much. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I want I was I still want soccer to be my number one focus, and I want people to to, to understand that. Um, and I never want to give the excuse somebody the excuse and say I have a bad game and say the. Uh, He's too focused on photography and being in the streets or something like that because that's not the case at all. Obviously, soccer is my number one thing, um, and also because I feel like uh, I'm, I'm actually working on a website and I would love to put all my best work on there. Um, obviously, social media is a good job, a good way to share your stuff, but I also feel like a lot of art gets lost in social media mm-hmm. um, because, like you said, it's the access is so easy and and all that. Um, and I and I don't feel like social media does a perfect job of getting art across because there's so much art on social media you can kind of just skip over an image and not not really get the get the, the true feel or emotion or whatever the art is supposed to do for you yeah um so yeah well, you mentioned social media and its influence on the art form i'm wondering what your what your feeling is as someone who's got a real talent for photography of our growing over reliance on filters and how you feel like um that's impacting people's perception of photography and perhaps what you do at a, something that's that, that's more of a professional level. Uh, yeah, for sure. I feel like there are Instagram photographers and then there's actual photographers. <laughs> right. I feel like there are people that shoot for Instagram just for, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but shooting for likes. And then there's people that shoot for actual love of the art. Um Obviously, some images look better, like, and they're gonna they're gonna appeal to more people because it's either a current event or the new sneakers that are cool. Over like, I don't know if you've seen like the people who are, like will shoot a pair of the new Jordans and they're like in a helicopter above New York. Right. Like, like for me, that's a very simple picture to take, and it's cool, but it's not great art. Like it's a very social media picture. So I feel like social media is awesome because it, it gets a lot of people into like various forms of photography. But I feel like it's kind of oversaturated, like the the form. It's oversaturated photography because there's people who are doing less of. They're kind of breaking the rules of so-called rules of photography, where like they're ignoring the rules of composition and all kinds of stuff. Like where people in the past could have studied to to learn this kind of stuff. Right, and and 
and you know, I know you did the internship with the Players Tribune, shooting sports. How do, I always wonder, like, because our show focuses on what people do away from uh, the games they play. So, uh, do you do you have a, a really strong passion for shooting sports as an athlete, or do you prefer to? Um, you, do you prefer mostly to work away from sports, given that your life every day is is spent on fields, in gyms, that kind of thing? Um, I honestly, I love to shoot sports. Um, obviously, as an athlete, you always want to be attached to something athletic at all times. Um, but I do, I I do prefer to shoot stuff that I'm interested in, whether it's sports or at the time or you know music or anything. I I, I feel like I'm my I'm kind of open to anything. Uh, it could be fashion, it could be music, it could be artists, it could be concerts, it could be anything. But I do, I will say that I prefer portraits over any over everything. Um, I did learn during mentorship that I, that I enjoyed more of the the quiet moments, um, like locker room shots and all that kind of stuff, and like and instead of like the actual in game action shots, because I feel like. There's more of an art form. There's more art put behind the quiet moments and the athletes' times than the athletic times than the actual playing of the game. You know what I mean? Like when some like say like you capture LeBron in the locker room, he has his headphones in, head down, focused, then him taking a layup. You know what I mean? Like there's more, like absolutely, absolutely. And do do you feel like your your experience as an athlete gives you a better ability to anticipate where to focus your lens knowing kind of knowing the emotions that that to look for or knowing the moments in be- those those kind of quiet moments in between the action that you should be zeroed in on i especially think about you shot the u.s open you shot the mls cup um you know there's a like i think knowing i guess where to where to train your attention away from the ball away from the action or, or kind of knowing where to look do you feel like your athletic skills give you a, a, an insight other photographers might not share uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like as being an athlete, um, knowing when times are are getting tough and uh, when it's really time to click in, um, I feel like that's when I, I I feel like being an athlete helps me know when those times are coming and know when knowing when when the when those emotions are gonna come out and when those good shots are gonna are, are gonna come instead of focusing on maybe other things. Um, but I mean, so many people are not are into athletics. Some people have cameras now that I'm sure. People are finding their way to get those shots. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, if I, finally here I, in reading you, I read your piece about covering the MLS, MLS Cup final and up in Toronto, and and the, you talked about the pride you felt as a representative of the sport, as a representative of the, of the league, to do your best work in that capacity. Do you mind talking about what that experience was like, and and about how that pride, um, you know, really came through with the photography that you produced at the event? Well, being an athlete, I'm always, I'm always, of course, always competitive. Um, so, so that was number one. I, I, I wanted, I didn't want to, to come to shoot the MLS Cup and uh, have photographers look at me as like, oh, he's just an athlete here and he got credentials because he, he's and he's played in the league. You know, what I mean, obviously, it's, it's great for me to, to go and represent and be a and be a player there shooting that's in the that's at the MLS Cup. Um, but I didn't. I didn't want people to, to view me as as just the athlete that was there shooting, like Kevin Durant did the the uh, uh, Super Bowl. Right. Um, so that was that was my first thing, and then um, it was it was it was a huge pride because um, a lot of guys I'm sure want 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 that access, and um, 
want to want to do things with the league and 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 get get in and and do and chase their passion. And I felt great pride to to have that that opportunity. I think players should be for hooking me up with that. And um, hopefully, I can get do more stuff. Hopefully, I did. Hopefully, I did well enough to to get more more calls to shoot some. Oh man, I'm sure you will. Your your work is great. We encourage everyone to go uh, follow you on Twitter. I believe it's at Ethan White 15, and then Instagram is just at the Ethan White. Correct? Yes. Yeah, and and what's your future? Where, where do you want to go with this long term, both during the duration of your career and then maybe afterward? Um, I mean, right, right now I'm I'm shooting uh, some freelance stuff. I did something with Mitchell and that's Fight Club actually yesterday. Um, and I'm just I'm just kind of enjoying whatever comes my way. I'm still trying to get better every day with photography and soccer, obviously. But um, you know, I'm kind of just just taking it day by day, seeing it where it goes, and and uh, trying to perfect my craft off the field. And um. Yeah, eventually I would love to work for a company like the Players Tribune or somebody that's tied into sports somehow and, and uh, continue to take pictures however I can. Well, the work is great, man, and we appreciate you opening up so much about it. So, you know, best of luck with the season uh, with NYCFC and, uh, and best of luck, uh, best of luck uh, uh, taking shots. Keep, keep them coming on social, man. We like following them for sure. <laughs> All right, thank you so much.